Welcome to the J2 Hub podcast, where we focus on everything from property development, hot entrepreneurially business topics, and real life scenarios facing business owners just like you and I. Brought to you by James Sahota, we bring you exciting real life property, business, and entrepreneurially related hot topics, and that little bit more. So welcome everybody to another episode of the J2 Hub podcast. This afternoon on this very bright sunny day, I'm joined by a gentleman that I've been trying to pin down for a while and get onto the podcast because I just love his brutal honesty and his truthful manner on everything he speaks about. So lo and behold, um, Richard Little, thank you very much for joining me on the J2 Hub podcast this afternoon. It's a pleasure to have you on. It's a pleasure to be here, James. So thank you once again. Richard, like I said, um, I absolutely love your brutal honesty when it comes to talking the truth in property. And in particular, um, something you said that really resonated in my mind was uh, something along the lines of generally with new builds, property developers are going to make money when there's a rising market. And the minute you said that, I thought to myself, oh my God, he's absolutely right. Because had my new build not been in a rising market, I would have lost money and lost a lot of money. So I thought, wow, is this really true? And I wanted to get some further information on it. So before I go into that, Richard, uh, do you mind just telling the listeners who you are for people who don't know you? I'd be very surprised if the listeners don't know who you are, but for the for the few that might not know who you are and just a little bit about yourself. I'm sure that's who is many actually, James. But yeah, so yeah, so uh, I'm Richard Little, as James already said. Um, I'm second generation uh, in the family um, property developer, although that's not really what we do. That's now what we're called. But land planning and, and, and building, basically, you know, house builders is what we always have been. And that's all we always are. But developer sounds like quite And that's the handle people use. So um, we've got third generation. My son Brinley is actively involved in the business. He's a core, core part of the business, in fact. And we've got fourth generation with us as well, albeit just as investors at the moment. Um, and not quite old, old enough. The oldest is nine at the moment, but she is. She does play a, quite an active part in it. Genuinely does. You know, wow. she, invests, she invests in the business and uh, you know, uh, to to her means, obviously, uh, and gets her returns, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. And she works on design schemes with her granddad and uh, and stuff. So very much a family business. Father started it in the fifties, mid fifties, something like that. We've had all sorts of manner of partnerships, businesses and, you know, different things. And we've done a lot of um, what's now called joint venturing, but we used to call it collaboration partnering. And I still do, to be fair, Um, a a lot of stuff that's uh, uh, on the record and stuff that's off the record. So in the, in the, in the murky world of development, shall we say a lot of stuff goes on, not on the record not you can't see it anywhere it's not illegal or anything like that that's that's a podcast for a different day probably but um <laughs> it, it, it's you know as an example you know we've partnered with people in the past where we're the we're the only visible partner uh and and so they've got investment in our projects our competition basically still still works not as much as it used to but it still goes on um, and likewise, we would be investing in their project, uh, but nobody would know about it. You know, there'd be a bit of paper somewhere that said we'd put, you know, you know, two and six in or whatever it was in them days, you know. Uh, sort of, uh, but uh, so we've been around a long time. And I, I think all I really say to people is um, 
we've only learned our lessons from the mistakes we've made and when things have gone wrong. We learned nothing from getting it right because actually we never got anything right, really. Um, it was the market that gets things right for us. And, and, and the only thing we ever did was, was, was get things wrong. You know, that, that, I know that's unselling it a little bit, but, you know, that's, that's the sort of way we do things, really. Yeah, it's remarkable to hear, Richard, that you say about the market. And I think uh, I think I must, like, I've just finished my first new build and I really must have been wet behind the ears thinking that, yeah, this is all going to go smoothly. Because it didn't. Because everything that could go wrong generally goes wrong in a new build when you're building from the ground up. Everything from contractors, uh, contracts as well, contracts with contractors that weren't right, um, shoddy work, um, people trying to, take me to court neighbors trying to take me to court and all kinds of stuff and you know i lost a lot of money and i I look back now and it's i only made money because the market rose and to be fair i was in a nice part of town where people wanted to live had it had been anywhere in the country i would have been with a big fat miners you know hanging my head in shame thinking why the hell did i get into new development i yeah i'm gonna say from our own experience over the years and 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 in the last five or six years when we've been more involved in networking and bigger groups and stuff like that, uh, you are in the majority, not the minority. Um, but, you know, some of the, a lot of what goes on is unspoken because it's not the right image for people not to sort of produce what they said they're going to produce, etc. But, you know, when we look back and we don't have the numbers, we just sort of talk about it and we look back and we sort of say the only real money we ever made was in the rising market. You know, and when we lost, it was at the other end in the falling market. We weren't smart enough to get in and out at the right time for, for many, many years. Um, and, and you talk to developers now that have been around, That you know, I'm talking about people that have been around, you know, pre the late noughties, if you like. So the last sort of recession, as it were, you know, those sort of those people, you know, when, when they're, uh, you know, when they're talking relaxed, you know, they will freely admit over over their whole business or not a project might do okay but over their whole business um that's when they make the money you know and 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 we we, we take the wins we take the losses we take the wins um and you know, that that isn't always business smart but um what what i see is is people get people getting into this business and and and, and you know not not being rude like yourself a little bit naive. it's got a lot of it got a lot of knowledge you know uh, but a little naive in in the reality of development and the reality of the how the numbers work. And as you well know from your experience, it ain't just about the numbers, is it? You know, there's there's a lot more stuff that goes wrong. But you know, we I mean, we, we love the business. Well, I don't know anything else. I mean, to, to be fair, if I knew something else, I probably wouldn't love the business. I'd love that business, but it's a bit <laughs> bit, bit late for me. Um, I I was you know it was in my it was in my DNA, and it's now in. Bryn's DNA and his sisters and, uh, and stuff, it's, it's there and the grandchildren. It's sort of, you know, uh, everybody, including myself, when I first came into it, I thought, nah, I don't want to go and do that. So I told it off and tried to do something else for a couple of years and then came back. Bryn's done exactly the same. You know, it took him a little bit longer to come back. You know, three or four years probably it was before he came back. But it's like when I went out and tried it, didn't really make much effort at it, he or I. Um, but we come back because it's what we know. It's what you've been brought up. And I think there's an element of um, 
across all sectors when the family is indoctrinated into a business, basically, um, and it does almost become part of the DAA, whether that's the, you know, whether that's in 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 construction or whether that's in, I don't know, in in, in theatricals even, you know, acting families, musical families, sporting families, you know, there's this element that it's almost there. Uh, and, and you can't get away with it from it. But actually, you don't want to, because if somebody spends 20, 30, 40 years doing something that largely they love, that's sort of a, a good endorsement for it. You know, and if you've then got a relatively easy way in, let's be honest, you know, mm-hmm. if, if, if your father's got a business, that's much easier to get into that business than going into somebody else's business. So, you know, let's not, let's not, you know, let's not sort of pretend that, you know, it's, it's uh, you know, it's a struggle from day one because, you know, <laughs> it wasn't particularly work hard, yeah, but it wasn't a struggle. You know, the doors were open, you know, so, yeah. It's funny you say that because even after all these mistakes I've made, there's a weird kind of thing that wants you to go back and do another one, you know. It's um, it's funny because I, I look back now and I think, I really, I really did enjoy the whole hustle and bustle of getting it done and watching the build go up and, you know, watching this piece of land go into something that was fantastic and got valued so highly by the market. Um, and, you know, given all the negatives there, I, I'm, I'm ready to plow myself into the next one uh, and thinking, you know what, I'm not going to make those mistakes again. But there's still an ounce of me thinking, but there will be things that will crop up that will cost money that you just don't cater for you know and i think yeah. any mistake that's going to happen it's going to happen with a new build and you're going and and it's not going to be a cheap one so to say very very rarely is very rarely is it cheap and it's it's quite interesting i mean from what you're saying is i mean i know i know why one of the reasons i like it is because it's real you know i i don't do anything you know physically on site with my hands i don't lay any bricks i don't sort of you know do anything like that anymore and and, and you miss it but but actually, it's still being part of something. So you know, nobody can ever take that away from you. Your your project, even those that you don't make any money at, you still you still gain experience. But actually, there's something about it, and I think that's what people go and and it's not just in in this industry, but other in manufacturing industries. You know, things that actually are are you know are made, but obviously we're making something or helping create something that stays there for a long time. You know, so actually, and very few um, do that. You know, so so actually, it is it is quite unique in that respect. Uh, and 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 even now, not right at this moment, but uh, you know, if I'm on a journey and I'm going anywhere close by where we've done something, I will, if I've got time, take a detour. I don't own any of those houses anymore. None of them. We the family don't own it. We always traded, but. There's still something about it, and my, my kids, should they they ever get the opportunity, will always say, "Oh no, not another site." Yeah, and this is from when they were young. <laughs> we would drive past them, and 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 dad, daddy, or whatever would tell them at the time, "That's what granddad and daddy. Are. That's where we're working. That's what we're doing." So you know, and and you know that to a lesser extent, those guys, but they still get a certain amount of pride out of stuff that their their parent and their grandparents have done. You know, and, and, and nobody can take that away from you. So your project, you know, uh, even if you, you know, don't drive past it or whatever, it's still your project. Mm. How Maru mm. lives there or whatever, or, you know, the tent might be still yours. You know, nobody can take that away from you. And I think that's that's a large part of why people keep doing it. And, and the other interesting, really interesting thing you said there is, you know, you've made all those mistakes. Well, actually, unless you do another one, you're not going to benefit from those mistakes. 
you know, uh, the, 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 the real kicker, I'm afraid, James, is that you'll still make mistakes, as you know, uh, uh, but it'll just be different ones. But actually, if you're, if you're uh, you know, if you I would say if you're not sharp enough, but I've been caught out more than once by the same mistake. Yeah. Uh, and, and that does make you feel really stupid. But that is a, <laughs> that is a real, real lesson then, because you never forget that one. <laughs> mm-hmm. You know, uh, the, the pain, the twice the pain sort of thing. But, uh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I'm like you say, Richard, I'm not naive about uh, about new builds. I, I, I realise that, you know, it's so easy to make mistakes and you really need to do your due diligence when you're working with contractors doing things on site and it was stupid things like what well, you know one mistake i'll tell you was i hired a friend who's a so-called house builder he didn't have a bloody clue what was going on you know um <laughs> i it, i had an embarrassing phone call from a neighbor who was an architect saying james i think this guy is building this house at the wrong height and i'm thinking how do you get the height wrong you know <laughs> and obviously they have started at the wrong level on the floor they're supposed to go slightly lower and they started at the ground level and they're up to the first story and you're thinking, oh my God, you know, I've only just bloody started this and, and I'm already, I've got a massive disaster. What do you do? Who do you blame? You know, am I to blame? Is he to blame? And it's just, it taught me so many lessons and, and where you say it's possible to make the same mistake twice. I, I, I don't disagree with you. I, I, I strongly believe that there will be an incident where I probably will make the same mistake again. Um, yeah, there, there'll be a subtle difference possibly but the but the fundamental mistake will be the same you know and so the fundamental mistake that you could repeat from that one is is, is hiring a friend because you know you know what went wrong last time and you won't make the same mistake this time but because yeah yeah it's still the right thing to do but actually it probably will still be a mistake you know mm-hmm. i mean that's that i mean we we we, we can't say too much because we're very much a family business so you know we we, we you know <laughs> when they say so you know don't don't, don't employ relatives or friends you know well actually <laughs> that's sort of not what we're doing we got one one project on site at the moment and quite a few of the subcontractors are all families Right, right. You know, okay. and you'll find that in a lot of trades, certainly in the more rural areas. This is down in the West Country. You know, it is that yeah, that you know, the, the plot. I think uh, two lots of the plasters. I think the families and the stone stonemasons. I think at least one of the gangs, the stonemasons, who are, are pretty much all family. You know, so you know, and which which is we we, we think is great, but uh, um, and and of course you do witness some uh, disagreements between uh, you know, some of the family members. So you know, but hey, you know, it's all, all part of the fun, really. Yeah, yeah, no. Uh, Richard, let me ask you, you know, most people start with the same kind of property journey or some of the new guys will start with maybe a buy to let. After that, they'll move on to, you know, maybe something a little bit bigger, a back to brick renovation or something that includes a couple of extensions, a loft extension, a rear extension. And then it just naturally seems to be the progression that everybody wants to do a new build or most people want to get that little tick or that notch on the bedpost. What's your advice there? Should people be looking as new builds as a strategy, as a natural uh, progression strategy? No, it's it's not a natural progression. It, it, it can be. I'm not saying it isn't, but generally it isn't. It's a completely different business. So I, I, I think there's a distinction here depending on what your exit is going to be. So if you're 
new building to hold and you're a property investor, then you understand obviously the hold side and the refinance and all that sort of thing. So yeah, it, it sort of you know potentially makes some sense. It's a, it is a good progression to increase portfolio at a bigger rate, etc., etc., faster rate, etc. Um, but generally, from going from a property investor, even if you even if you if you're not an investor of such and keeping stuff, you're flipping stuff to actually move from what you say even a back to brick to a new build even if it's a one-off you know you talk to pretty much anybody well i would say everybody that's done that will say wow exactly what i said you're in the majority you know and some people will go on the basis i'm never doing that again uh, and which is fair enough i understand that but the others that have got this you know whatever tendencies it might be um you know they will want to do another one because they want to prove that they can't cock up as much as they did on the first one <laughs> it's, it becomes a sort of a, a you know a competition with yourself really you know and, and actually that that's not when people are not being fair on themselves because it doesn't matter how well prepared you are you know even if you were working alongside me you know you, you know even if you were there every minute of every flipping day which 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 you wouldn't be you're still not going to get all the learnings you know, because a lot of the stuff that experienced people do, they're not teachers as such. I'm not a teacher. You know, it's like, well, if you want to listen to me, then you might get some you might get some pointers. But if you want me to give you a structured, this is what you've got to do to learn to be what I've been in the past, well, that's not gonna happen because that my skill set doesn't doesn't work like that, you know. So, you know, so it's it's it, it's those those learnings that, that everybody has um you know you, you you have to learn them a lot of them yourself what you don't want to do and where we sometimes support people is we don't want you to make massive mistakes and the massive mistakes are generally you know in the in the acquisition so firstly the price and the deal structure yeah, that that's that's always a, an issue who's involved you know etc etc um and and then actually the delivery and the exit. So the delivery as in the delivery perhaps of your, your professional team, you know, people don't really understand how to instruct and manage a professional team it, because there's so many professionals that we have in any any project now, whether it's conversion, new build or whatever, you know, uh, I, I wouldn't like to say on some projects, I know how many rows there are on the appraisal sheet, there could be 20 different professions. You know, if we're having the full suite of different flipping um, surveys and reports and all that we have to do, you know, there would always be at least 12, I would imagine, on every project. So different, that's your professional team. Some are major, some are minor in that in, in, in involvement terms. Um, and then, you know, and then, then that's, that's the delivery of that stage and then the delivery of the actual project. The contractors, you know, they're, they're a different breed, aren't they? You know, you've dealt with some contractors, you know, but they're our breed. We understand. We, we've come from the contracting end, if you like, the house building end, and worked backwards. We've oh, then right. gone to the front, you know, but, but actually we've always done that. All it's done is the whole, the whole amount of people involved, the whole process of development now has just got, it's just got longer in terms of how long it takes to put together and more and more people involved because we have to do more and more paperwork you know, uh, before we actually lay a brick or, or you know, lay some concrete uh, or whatever. Um, so you know, so so the the fundamentals that you know that they're, they're, they're not rocket science. It's the it's the. I, I suppose I would I would say that the whole development is an art. 
the whole thing is an art. It isn't a science. There are scientific aspects to it, obviously, you know, and some of the numbers and, you know, all that sort of stuff. But but actually, it's an art. It's actually, we describe it as, you know, a, a, we describe ourselves now as a, what we call a lead developer, which I, which you would have been. You're actually involved in every stage, whether it all be a hands-on or hands-off. You you need to be. And as a lead developer, uh, I, I guess that the easiest way to describe it is you're like the conductor of the orchestra. Now, a conductor mm-hmm. of the orchestra can't play every instrument, but they do know when they need to come in, when they need to go out, how loud they are, how, how fast they are, if you, if you see what I mean. And that's what the lead developer is. And, and until you've got experience, you're relying on lots of other people to do certain things at certain stages. I don't know every aspect of, of, of the whole development sort of process. You know, I know a lot about most of it, but uh, what I do know now is is I know when I need to ask something because if there's something that I'm not sure about, I'll make sure I ask somebody, you know, and that could be, you know, whoever, whoever it needs to be. And, and, and I think what we see is um, a lot more challenges because people jump in, They've got that natural progression, which you're talking about. Um, <clears throat> and they think, and quite rightly, they'll probably allow 80 or 90% of what they need to know because, hey, you know, it's like I say, it's not rocket science. And if you've done a, you've done a, 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 an extension or you've done a flip or, or whatever it might be, you've done a lot of it, but it's the 10 or 20% or even 5% in some cases, that's the bit that, that destroys people. Mm. You know, it's, it's, they, they have the confidence and that's why they see it as a, it's a natural progression, as you say. It's because, well, you know, I've been doing this for a few years and I've got perhaps a bit of a portfolio or whatever, or I've done a few flips or whatever. So, yeah, I want to try a new build. So, actually, yeah, because, you know, I, I will say always new builds are easier than anything. Always. But that's because done them. <laughs> you know, mm. the first one, well, that was easy actually as well <laughs> for me because my dad was doing them. <laughs> so, I, ne- I never, I, you know, some of the lessons I, I learned, you know, but. Uh, you know, so is it is it a separate strategy? Um, it's a separate, it's a completely different business. And, and I think the most important thing we would say is because you can't develop without any money, um, you do need an income, ideally, before you come into development. And that's where it sort of then sees to be a natural progression where you get a bit of a portfolio. So you've got, you know, I don't know, some HMOs and single lets or whatever it is. So that enables you to get into development. Um, you won't hear it too much on or, or out in the you know, the public sort of domain, as it were. Um, but um, a lot of people, a lot of people, and I, I won't, I, I will emphasise, lot lose what they've built up because they get into development. So you know, we, we've got all sorts of stories. Most you can't share, um, but of, of people with with quite large portfolios ending up having to sell units every week every every month sorry and every quarter to pay you know the the finance charges because the job's gone on and and all that sort of thing and they actually lose they they lose what they've built up and that's what they don't realize is is how risky you know it can be so um i i think i think it's it's all about the individual and their own circumstances so you know for some people yeah few buy to lets HMOs, get a bit of residual income or whatever, um, and then crack on with some new builds. Fine. That's absolutely fine for some people. For most, they just shouldn't get involved because they haven't they haven't um they haven't probably got um 
I'll I'll rephrase that. I hear a number of people saying, if I can do it, you can do it. Whether you've heard that phrase before. (laughs) That is the biggest. As soon as anybody says that, I don't care who it says, you know, in in respect to development and new build, as soon as anybody says that, don't listen to them anymore because they're either trying to flog you something, generally, you know, come and do our course or whatever it might be or be my mentee (laughs) or something, or or they don't actually realise themselves what's involved because they haven't been doing it long enough. So just walk away. Anybody that ever says that in relation to development, just walk away. And I'm more than happy to debate with any of those people that they're wrong, (laughs) you know. Um, And and so most people shouldn't get involved in the first place because it it takes a certain amount of persistence, tenacity, uh, sheer bloody mindedness uh, to actually, you know, to just keep going when, when stuff is piling up against you, you you may well have had some moments where you think, oh, do you know what? I wish I hadn't. <laughs> but, you know, mm. you, 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 you get stuck in. Um, not everybody's made that way. Uh, and it's not fair um, on people to put themselves under that amount of pressure. You know, and, and, and the, we always, always talk to people. I always want to know what keeps them awake at night or what stops them sleeping. Yeah, and, and what worries them, what wakes them up. And, and that will then work that backwards to sort of say, right, you know, do you think that, you know, w- we can create this whole new business for you um, where you're not going to be lying awake at night? You know, and, and it's amazing because that's what it's about. So it's, you know, I don't know what you call that, the, the, the sleep factor or whatever, but that's what it is because there's no point getting into something if you are going to get stressed, pressured, you know, affecting your mental health by not, you know, by losing sleep, whether it be from an investment point of view, you know, I mean, one of the biggest things that people shouldn't do is invest in new, in development, you know, more than the developers themselves, you know, because, you know, there's so many people lose money and we end up in that situation or it's the developer's fault because they didn't tell me it right or it's the investor's fault because they didn't perhaps do their due diligence or whatever. At the end of the day, it's generally a bit of both, you know, um, so, you know, yeah. So in, in a very, very long answer to the question, uh, no, it's not a natural progression. <laughs> wow. There's some really good points you raised there, Richard, and I'm going to just hit on a couple of them that resonated with me. I think number one, where you said, when you get into new bills, you need to have an income elsewhere, because I felt that straight away, because uh, I realized very early on that, yes, I've got all this money plowing into this new build at some point, when I refinance it, I will get that money back out. But what am I doing for the 12 months, 18 months on this side to earn some money? And that hit me straight away. I was like, I can't keep taking it out of this pot here and paying myself a consultancy fee because before by I get time by the time I get into the end of the year, I've done twenty, thirty thousand pounds paying myself even on a minimum. Um, and that's affecting the budget. So that was one of the things that really resonated with me with, with what you said there. Uh, and to overcome that, I've changed my strategy a little bit where I have um, I have a strategy up in the northeast which uh, gives me cash flow uh, from from rentals. And then down in the south, my strategy here in London is to build and to hold and to refinance. But people think just because you're doing a new build, they say, oh, James, you must have shitloads of money. And it's like, <laughs> no, I said... <laughs> I can show you my bank statement. I can show you how much money I've borrowed. I can show you how many debts I have. And I can tell you for sure that if this does not work out, 
I'm going to be sleeping out on the road with my two little children. And that was enough to keep that burning desire going. Like you said, um, people don't realize there's, there, there's things that keep you awake at night. And for me, it was that factor that in my head, it kept going over. I'm, a, I'm very good at managing fear, but it was still always there at the back of my head. And it was reminding me, James, if this goes slightly that way more and goes a little bit wrong, you could lose the house that you live in because you've raised the money against that to do this. And, you know, when you have a financial setback or you have a mistake and you're thinking, oh man, I need to apply for a further advance or I need to try and get some money from here or I need to speak to this family member and it's really embarrassing. And yeah, you do stay awake at night. And I did stay awake at night. And my wife used to say to me, she says, what is wrong with you? You're sitting up in bed at three o'clock in the morning with your notebook and it's like oh I'm, I'm just doing some figures and you know it's uh it can be a very very lonely place and people automatically think just because you're building this great big site that you've got loads of money and i say to them, i can show you how much money i haven't got because because that's what a new build does to you it completely it completely drained me to the point where when we finished it i was so far in the minus that i was kind of like oh my god you know i couldn't wait for that refinance to come through quick enough I'm sure you've been there as well. Yeah, yeah, we have, and I, I think it's it's quite well sort of described as as developers as some of the poorest rich people that you know uh, that you will ever meet because you know it's it, we're us over the years. It's it's what we would call feast or famine. There's either a load of money in the bank or there's minus lots yeah mm. um so there is the, the there is a pressure and I, I would say that for 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 some people they need a little bit of pressure to keep focused to keep motivated but it's getting that balance where it becomes just like you're out of control you know and you can't make decisions most people can't make a clear decision at three o'clock in the morning they might make a decision but it's unlikely to be probably the, the the soundest decision they'll ever make and, and and really we don't really want to be making those decisions unless it's after a night of celebration or something or other and yeah. it's a good decision you know uh, so it, it you know it, it's I, I i i don't know many other businesses um, but business itself is mentally tough it, it, it is a strain and especially if you're the captain of the ship if you like you're 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 the you're the one person you know and and invariably it doesn't matter how big the business is it will come down to one person amazing but it does you know yes they will you know bigger businesses have lots of core advisors and stuff like that you know but it still comes down to one person it's the one person that feels the pressure you know and and, and you know and 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 I guess we're not all good with pressure, and 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 you know I I, I think um, you know uh, current circumstances, shall we say, uh, have, have have released a lot of pressure from in some ways, and 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 obviously attached a lot of pressure in, in other ways for for people in, in different amounts. Um, but it's it's quite good, I, I think, to understand um, what it's like um, to have very little pressure on. And then make a decision on the basis of right. We're going to go in. We're going to do this development. You're going to look at another. We're looking at another development. Right? Okay. You know what did I learn before? Okay. How 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 am I going to avoid what happened before? Or am I just going to repeat it and accept it and probably deal with it in a better way? Uh, either either way or work for you but sitting right where we're sitting at the moment it's like you know most of us have got a little bit more time than normal to sit back and reflect and sort of say actually why am i doing it firstly because it can't just be about the money 
It has to be about the money. I would say that. I, I, you know, can't it can't not be about the money. It might be what the money does, but but, but it's, you know, it has to be about it because if we if we don't have an eye on the money, then you know, financially, uh, once we start having pressures like you're sort of saying, all of a sudden you've got to go and find another ten grand or hundred grand or whatever it might be. That's tough. You know, mm-hmm. and, and that that's when the pressure really starts mounting up. And and actually, for most of us, we don't we don't even realise the pressure, the amount of pressure that we we get ourselves under or put ourselves under. But you know, yeah, so quite a few people that we that we end up working with is is they 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 handle pressure. They 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 effectively what is a what is a pressure situation to one person isn't to somebody else. So we'll take a situation and put it in various boxes or pass it on or whatever it is they do. So again, I'll come back to, can you sleep at night? If you can sleep at night, then, you know, you're pretty okay. You know, whatever's happening, you're okay. You know, um, and it, I, we work, we've got quite a lot of collaborations, partnerships, that sort of stuff we do. And before we, uh, before we get too involved with anybody, um, again, having learned from mistakes in the past is, is we get to know each other quite well. Um, you know, and we want to know how people perform, not not just in a business sense, but we want to know how they perform socially, how they, you know, how they live, you know, how they are health-wise and all that sort of stuff. Because, you know, as soon as you get, as soon as you bring somebody on board as a joint venture partner or whatever you want to call it, you know, um, it, it, it's all of a sudden, yeah, what happens to you all could affect and impact, you know, on, on, on whatever the project or the business is. So, you know, so it's, it's, it's making sure that, that anybody that we choose to work with, um, you know, yeah, they're, they're, they, they're not gonna, they're not gonna fall to bits, you know, cause you, you, you wouldn't want some of the stuff to happen. I mean, I, you know, not the right time to get into it, but I, I over the years, I've known two people that have killed themselves, um, wow. you know, you know, and, 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 because of you know pressure from you know the business or in both cases the falling the failing business um uh, and 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 that 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 that's only just two people and there's plenty of other people that we know have had massive problems due to business issues and pressures mm-hmm. because maybe they've taken on something at the wrong time or in the wrong way taken on a wrong partner you know there's so many things and it's just bad for your own mental health and those around you you know, mm-hmm. like the, you know, the missus doesn't, you know, she doesn't really want to be aware that you're awake at three o'clock in the morning, does she? Really, she, you know, it's just, <laughs> you know, that's um, obviously a bit of a subtle way of saying, a very polite way of saying, don't disturb me at three o'clock in the morning, James. <laughs> it, it is, yeah, it is. Richard, just going back to what you said there about being, you know, people deal with fear and pressure in different ways. I think. My own personal circumstance, I've shared this on social before as well. I ran a print company for 11 years, which sadly went into liquidation, voluntary liquidation. And I think if anybody's gone into liquidation and and it's a a liquidation where you've lost assets and you've seen some of your own assets being taken away and cars being taken away, and it's financially impacted you in a mad way or a really, really big way, I think that really built up some resilience for me. And when when I posted about this new build, I really, I didn't post about the figures. I briefly mentioned the figures, but I posted more so about the journey, like you said, in terms of the emotions I felt and persevering to get through it. And it really resonated with people. And I was really surprised at how much, uh, how much viewing it got and the comments that people came back with last night saying, look, 
this I was getting comments such as well done for keep going, you know, well done for handling the pressure well and well done for seeing this through. And I thought, wow, I wasn't expecting that. So I'm totally with you there where people deal with pressure in different ways. Um, And where you said you've known a couple of people who committed suicide. I know a few people that have taken their own life sadly as well. And it's, and it's been for like maybe a 60, 70,000 pound tax bill that they're embarrassed about. And I think, wow, somebody's pressure point or somebody's point of stress could be so much lower than yours. Because when we went, when we went under, there was over a million pounds worth of debt to deal with. And it was big, big numbers that would really scare people. But I learned to deal with that mentally in my head. And it's nice you touched upon that because my next question to you was going to be, does it take a special kind of person or a, a kind of a different kind of person to go into the new build industry or to start building new builds? I, I, I think anybody that's doing development, whether the new builds or conversion, any, any, any sort of, you know, um, multi multi unit sort of development if you like i i think you know it does take quite a lot um because when you look at people over the years that have been successful and you know just because somebody was successful in the 50s 60s 70s 80s or 90s doesn't mean to say it uh, you know it's certainly not done in the same way now but some of the characteristics that you need to to actually you know have that you know perseverance if you like that that you know that that sheer sort of yeah nobody, nobody's going to beat me i'm gonna you know, might back me into the corner but i'm going to come out and i'm going to crack on and, and get it done so yeah and, and i think that's why i would say a lot of people aren't suitable for development because they you, you got it you got to have a thick skin uh you know you've got to be a bit tough and and and, and you know obviously we talk from, from a mental point of view and and and, and if you, if you don't take um uh, let's call it criticism if you like but if you don't take comment kindly you know you're never going to learn and you will have uh, a devil's journey there's there's a few people i know in the industry that are just um yeah that you know it's their way or or, or no way and, <laughs> and 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 they are successful over a period of time but um knowing two particularly you wouldn't want to swap places in their head they might have all the trappings and the boats and all that sort of stuff or have had um um but you wouldn't want to you know wouldn't want to be in their place because they're just despised by everybody you know mm. and, and and but successful you know successful so um by and large i think you you do need you do need that sort of thick skin you do need the ability to to be able to sort of for people to say call you all sorts of things because they will you know uh, <laughs> so if you if you if you're too flaky um you know uh, it, it, it's gonna it's gonna be a problem and that's why we you know so one of the other things that we we always look for is is we want to see some passion now it can be passion about spreadsheets it can be passion about detail of color it can be passion about money it can be passion about something want to see the passion don't want to see people and, and very few people succeed if they haven't got that drive and that passion to actually succeed you know, and, 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 you know, and, and, and it's, uh, as I say, some very, very nice people that I've met over the last few years and, and yes, probably told them things that they probably didn't want to hear, like, don't do it, you know, go do something else. You know, I mean, some of, some of, some of my favorite testimonials, I guess you would call them are from people that have said, thanks for that advice. I'm not going to do it. 
because <laughs> you're just saving them the heartache. Not because I know everything. I don't know any. I'm not particularly smart or anything like that. I've just seen most things, and you've seen most people types, and you get a feel for you know whatever their age is, whatever their you know ethnicity is, whatever whatever the differences we 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 have. It, there's people have got certain characteristics, and we recognise that you know sort of from spending a bit of time with people. Are these people the sort of people that we want to be around? You know, are they the sort of people we want around us? And, and yeah, not always. You're not always people that, you know, it's going to be buddy-buddy with people. You know, that's, that, that's a bit of a fallacy, if I'm, if I'm honest. It's, we have great time with a lot of people we work with, but sometimes we have to have a few sharp words, you know. But, you know, from, from, from the point of view of the lead developer, my view is you will succeed more if, you're, if you will take some of those sharp words. You will take stuff coming back. You can't be, you can't be the autocratic sort of, you know. Um, I, I don't know who's a good example. I don't know. Yeah, um, Richard Branson, for instance. You know, yeah, yeah he he's sort of, yeah, he's he's up there, king of the empire and all that sort of thing. Richard Branson, I don't know him, um, uh, but I, I'm guessing that he's got some very very um, close people that he listens to that will actually say. Don't be a don't be a dick, basically, Dick. Don't be a dick, <laughs> Richard. You know you, you shouldn't really be doing that because you know. Uh, I mean, I'm sure you've met people in in the past in 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 other industries, um, and and people that you know are probably at a higher level. I certainly have, and and what they get from you is you don't you you know you don't treat them any different. You know you you actually talk to them as as you would anybody else. So you give them your opinion. You know it's not the oh, I'll be nice to this person because they might do something good for me. Well, the, the smart, astute, successful people see that a mile coming. You, you're not hiding it from them, so it's not worth it. They will use that and abuse that to, 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 to different degrees depending on how perhaps moral they might be. Um, but, you know, it, it's, you know, I, 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 you know in, in the past, yeah, well, in the last four months or so, you know, I, I, I found myself, you know, meeting with people that are much, much higher level than I am, yeah? Um, but I'm not selling them anything. I'm not there. I'm just there. I've been invited there or whatever. And I, ultimately, I don't mind whether we do anything or we don't. You know, great if we do, if the opportunity arises. But I'm not selling. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not got an agenda. Um, and those sort of – I've learned quite a lot out of those experiences in the last few months because those guys, that's exactly what they're looking for. You know, people that are always pitching to them because they've got a lot of cash or they've got good connections. You know, it's as soon as it's, oh, yeah, I've passed the time of the day. And I was, oh, you know, how about we have a coffee and all that sort of stuff. They just pretty much go straight in the bin, those cards, because not because they don't think they're nice people. It's because, you, you know, that they are not looking for that. They're looking for people that will challenge them. You know, mm. so some of the mm. some of the names, if you like, in the in the property sector, if you like, the investment and development sector, some of the more social ones, you know, the ones that are out there. Um, that's where we all sort of say there's a lot of narcissists, narcissists. There are a lot of narcissists, um, and not the flower, the flowering type, and and they're all very similar. They all got different names, and they're all doing different things, but they're very similar. Mm. It's all about them. It is all about them, and actually. The last people that notice is that it's not that they don't even realise, yeah. So they're out there. So those people they never want to be challenged, don't. They? And and that's how you. That's how we recognise. If somebody won't accept a challenge, we're not going to do anything with them. 
you know, mm. uh, because what, why? Whether whether that's from selecting your professional team, your architect, planning consultants, to whatever. If if we can't challenge them, but it has to be mirrored. We have to allow them to challenge us. So there's no there's no room for prima donnas. So I think you know what you, you said about people like the idea of, of new build and some of the people have got the image of the you know the gold chain driving a range rover or whatever you know we, <laughs> we, 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 we got one of them at the moment to be fair he's a nice enough guy but you know he doesn't realize what a plonker he, he, he comes across <laughs> as you know and say nice enough have a beer with him great but seriously nobody's taking him seriously because just a bit of a joke. It's a bit of a caricature in, in, in a sense. Um, and, and, you know, so anybody that just wants to do that, yeah, you're just setting yourself up for up for a fall, really, because, you know, as I say, you've got to get on, you've got to get on with people, but you've also got to be, you've got to allow in the relationship for a bit of friction and a little bit of truth, not, not, not the nice truth, but the other stuff, you know. Um, so the way I do it or whether you call it a management style or leadership style or whatever it's 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 always reflective really so it's always about understanding what works for you even down to communication do you prefer emails phone calls whatsapp or whatever and as the the leader if you like I'll always do what suits you not what suits me I will do what suits you because mm-hmm, I mm-hmm. believe that that is necessary to get. It's a very minor point, but how they how you get the best out of the people that you 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 know, you're working with, and you're working with them. You know they are working with you, uh, and 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 if you are approachable, um, and people can say don't be stupid, you know, then you know that that's a great thing. So everybody that we take on. Yeah, on, on any different projects or whatever and, and one of the things I say look you know if it's something I say that, that you don't like tell me you know mm. it's how they tell me which determines how long the relationship lasts mm-hmm. you know so you know you know, there's there's a way of, of, of delivering you know a, 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 either bad news or a different point of view there's a way of doing that and, and, and if you've got to do it with respect you know mm. and, and you know so and most of the people that I meet, which is which is which is great, are very considerate and respectful people. Um, unfortunately, there's the others, the few, the, the few in every room, basically, don't matter who in networking rooms, particularly, doesn't matter if it's independent, run by whoever. There's the sharks are in every room. I see them in every single room I go to, you know, because you <laughs> recognise them, you know, and and it's like oh, again, nice enough people, and um, they're the worst type. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 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 Wow, some really good information there, Richard. Thank you. Um, Richard, I wanted to ask you um, from obviously, I've done some research in you, and, and the numbers are you've built over 3,000 homes. Is that right? Or has it increased since I. It, it'll always be over 3,000 because the truth is we don't know, but we know it's at least <laughs> 3,000. Um, and, and yeah, whether it's 3,100 or 3,500, honestly, don't know, James. It's just, you know, yes, we know we know what we've done in the last five six years because all of a sudden numbers seem to be important but they're not yeah. important it doesn't matter it doesn't matter if you built 3120 or 190 or whatever that's only i don't know almost bragging rights if, if, if you like i mean that's, yeah. that's probably not not really true it's about ego um and uh, yeah we, we there is no way we could even find out right right you know, what i wanted uh, so what i wanted to ask you over those three thousand richard What's one of the biggest mistakes that still 
sits with you and one that you think about and you think, oh, that one really hurt? Um, I, I, I guess uh, we've been through um, two almost bankruptcies, almost. Um, and, you know, uh, and, and they, they're painful, um, mm. as, 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 as you well know. You, you've been through something similar. Um, we we didn't quite we didn't quite get to to the point of actually going bankrupt or or, or or whatever you know everything was liquidated but it was done in a an orderly fashion shall we say and we only ended up on the last occasion we only ended up with owing the bank a considerable amount of money and they're fair game anyway as far as I'm concerned I, I don't have any worries owing owing the bank a few quid um, you know um, so I, I guess that you know the the, the None of them are regrets, firstly, because the biggest mistakes are the things that where we got the most learnings from and the most lessons from. And also a little bit, I think you touched on it, gives you that extra incentive, that extra drive to sort of say, right, you know, I'm, yeah, this last project didn't make much money, but all them lessons I've learned next time I'm going to, you know, and I have to prove it, prove it to myself. But um, I, I suppose, you know, in, in terms of, 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 of looking back, um, and, and uh, I've been asked the question a couple of times before, and one of them, because we've always been traders, you know, one of the obvious sort of things is, oh, we should have kept more properties. Mm-hmm. But actually, I'm glad we didn't because we were traders uh, and it would have still gone wrong. <laughs> it wouldn't have made any difference. It would have still gone wrong because we were pretty much all in. So I think that's probably the, 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 the thing is, the biggest lesson is, you know, don't go all in unless unless you're comfortable with it. So I wouldn't never say don't go all in because we're still pretty much all in in some respects. Um, but, you know, if you're not comfortable with something, never go all in. Uh, and that's a, a sort of a lesson that I've learned in, learned in, in many different ways. Um, but, you know, having all your eggs in one basket, for instance. So one of the times where we, we almost went under is every penny we had you know, went into a project that, that um, yeah, didn't get off the ground, um, we, you know, had problems with planning and, and then we went into a recession and then, you know, we had to, you know, we ended up with a high court judgment and all that sort of stuff. And and that was largely because two things, really. We got we, we were doing something that we hadn't done before you know, on the scale that we were doing it, which was a, a, a listed building conversion. So anybody talks to me about listed building conversions and a few people know my, I just run away from them because I, I, I have no, I, I, I'm not yearning to prove that I can do one because mm. the pain is still there. Right. <laughs> I ain't yeah. never going to do one again. And I, a couple of people I know that are very successful at them really are and, and fair play to them, but I wouldn't take one on. So one, so one of the learnings is, is, is don't, don't go near something you're not comfortable with, you know, and that, that is the one we've never repeated. We've never gone back. We've done some conversion stuff, yeah, but not the combination of conversion and listing. You know, that, that, was, that was a bad experience. Um, and, and, and I guess, uh, you know, it, it's, it's almost, it's don't be, don't be afraid to tackle something that seems a lot bigger than you think you're capable of, which is probably a bit of a, uh, funny. I mean, the, the biggest projects we've done for ourselves are about 100 units, you know, uh, and, you know, we, we, we said for a long time that we wouldn't do 100 again. Uh, but we're now look, we've got some sites now that are, are, are going to be 80 or 100. Um, but the deal structure is different. 
So the lesson was then, for many years, we said we're not going to do a project that big again. Not because it wasn't successful, because it was in the good times and it was very, very successful in, in that respect. But um, a, a long project over a long period, you are more likely to get a bit of a dip or, a bit, you know, so, so it evens itself out. But, but if you structure it in the right way, so one of the big lessons was, you know, never say never, I suppose. So we'd say for years we wouldn't do a project that big again. But then when one comes across the table, you think oh, we can we can structure this in the right way. So to de-risk it, ultimately by by pre-selling a lot and 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 and, and agreeing to keep a lot, so you re- you reduce a hundred unit risk down to you know probably about forty. Well, all of a sudden, you know, so it becomes the same risk, the same mental capacity we need as a forty-unit project. So although it's a hundred-unit project we are quite happy with the risk of the relatively low risk on 60 of the units but so it's now it's back to a 40 unit so it becomes within our comfort zone if you like so you know so you know it's it's been very much a um there's so many lessons but the the the, as i say the the thing is is uh, i guess if it's a lesson for somebody else is is yeah um if you're doing something you've never done before just make sure you fundamentally understand the nature of the business or the nature of the project. And you really do have some key people that you can rely on. And that's, that's, that's the, that's the big problem. Generally, you know, people think like, you know, you said, you know, a friend who was a, you know, a a builder, well, you know, obviously a bit, a builder of limited experience, you know, Mm. might be a decent builder, but maybe they were building something that they hadn't built before or, whatever so it's making sure you've got somebody of relevant experience so somebody could be experienced in in new builds for instance but they've never done more than 10 units well they can physically they would be able to manage a build of probably 80 or 100 but they won't understand the issues of phasing and exits and funding and stuff like that so so it's making sure that the people around you have got experience in an appropriately similar type of project No, some sound advice there. And on the flip side of that, Richard, what's been your biggest success or your biggest win to date that resonates with you? Uh, I, I, I guess without being flippant, the biggest win is still being around, you know, uh, because we've gone through some tough times and, and, you know, individual projects, yeah, we might have made hundreds of thousands of pounds on one project or whatever. But as I say, I, I, I don't look upon the financial wins um, as anything other than it's a means to an end uh, because we don't take the credit for the, for the, for the financial successes. You know, it's all about ownership of the whole process. So it's ownership of the mistakes. I think, again, you said something earlier about, you know, people looking around for people to blame. Whose fault is it? Whatever happens in your development project is your fault. Mm. Now, we know at some levels that's not true. But at the at the at the at the business side of things, at the business end of things, you've got to accept that it is your fault, you know, and, and, and you know, or your responsibility rather than fault, you know, it's your responsibility. So uh, I I think you know the biggest success is yeah, genuinely, it's like still around, uh, and 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 now for for us, I suppose we're able not just to benefit from the lessons, the painful lessons we've had in the past, but we are in our own little way you know helping a few other people you know and putting the message out there and sort of say watch out for this and watch out for that so i i i actually think for me personally that probably is you know 
it's up there anyway. You know, um, yeah. I, I think that the the other success for me is is yeah, seeing seeing family members involved and not because they have to. You know, and and now seeing the grandchildren coming through, and and uh, you know, ain't going to get any pressure. They might get a little bit of. Uh, uh, persuasion shall we say that oh this is probably the business that you might want to look to do you know mm-hmm. um and, and and so it's a pleasure to 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 actually sort of keep going what my dad started i, I suppose so to make a because a lot of generational businesses fail after two three generations because you know they've always sort of say somebody makes it and then somebody spends it um and and and, and so you know thus far um, I've kept them away from the money, so they haven't been able to spend it. I suppose, <laughs> uh, you know. Uh, so you know, um, uh, but uh, so I, I think this, is, yeah, the, the the success really is it's 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 about how you feel, you know. Like you said, I, I suppose you know, um, I sleep very well at night, um, and, and so the six and why I can do that is uh, like everybody else, and even on a daily basis, we get some good stuff, we get some bad stuff. You know, uh, but I compartmentalise all of it. Um, I and, and, and to my detriment, in some ways, I don't celebrate the wins, uh, but equally, I don't cry over the lot of the losses. Um, it's a very, very brief moment of, oh, that was a nice result, and it probably is five or ten minutes, and you've moved on, and that's and, and both, but both ways. So I think that's a success in so much as you you get to the point where. You, you know, you, you, you're perhaps desensitised to a degree, but the, the big wins or the big losses, you know, you're not looking for the, the, the big losses. You are looking for the big wins. But when they come, it's a case of, right, okay, move on. You know, mm. well, how, can we, how can we solve that um, and, and, and do it with a – so I, I guess learning to manage your emotions, maybe it's perhaps all to do with that. I won't say control because I don't think you can control. I, I think it's about managing your emotions and using those emotions, you know, and, and digging down, you know. So if you get a challenge in the future, you know, you will be able to go back to a certain point on your last project or the last business or whatever where you remember, like you said, people are coming in and they're taking away stuff. It's not the money now. It's you. I, I would lay a bet here that you can remember what that physical feeling was like. Yeah, yeah. And that's what you need to go forward. So I can recall physical feelings of success and failure, and I think that's a success because you've got I don't know what they call it in the in the in the in the in the, in the business. It's like I don't know tools in your toolbox, if you like. You know, it's it's a it's a massively. Uh, important thing for you to have and and when they talk about uh, making decision based on gut people don't understand what that means but that means making a decision based on gut is yeah basically doing all the work doing all the appraisals doing all the thinking doing all the talking and then how does it feel and but but in order to do that is it's almost a case of right how am i going to feel in 12 months time if this isn't successful or how am I going to feel if it is successful and bring back those memories? So, so you bring back the memory of what went wrong or how you felt when something went wrong. You say, right, have I covered that now? Have I covered that particular problem? And that's what the whole gut thing is about. But, of course, it gets misused. You know, the amount of people that say to me, oh, I think this will be all right. Well, why is that? Well, I just feel it. Oh, sorry, but your feelings mean absolutely diddly squat to this deal. 
because you know you know you, you might be right i've got one at the moment where you know we're we're, we're sort of humming and ahhing about how the how the, the market might be affected over the coming months in terms of you know values uh, and i've got one 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 partner oh no you know this i know a lot of areas will probably go down but this one won't lovely person but deluded you know do you know what they might be right and we hope they're right but they we can't go on that gut that gut feeling because you know effectively in in times of uncertainty and even in the good times it's it's planned for the worst you know and then and then when it's not that bad it's a flipping win (laughs) Mm. you know (laughs) Uh, but if it is that bad you know what it's not unexpected and you're ready for it you know so mm, yeah mm. so i i do i do apologize james as you, as, as you obviously know by now i go off piste a little bit and you know that's yeah. why i sometimes I, I, write the questions I, I, down you know <laughs> i absolutely i absolutely love it mate because it just again like you talked about it earlier it just shows your passion for for the whole for the whole industry and the whole industry of new build uh, Richard, what I wanted to finish up on was obviously we're in we're in a bit of a weird time at the moment with this covid nineteen going on. You as a new builder, you you know, you've you've like you said, your father started this business in the late fifties or whenever it was around the fifties. You've mm-hmm. probably been through some economic downturns and you've seen some recessions in your time. I wanted to get your opinion on what you think and how you feel COVID's gonna affect the new build industry when we do eventually get out of this whole lockdown and we're back to some kind of normality, which I can't see happening for a long, long time just yet. But as someone who's been through it several times. Yeah, it's, 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 it's a really interesting question because it's what we all want to know. Basically, in our sector, we want to know what's going to happen to house prices is what we ultimately uh, are asking. And, and, and so when we look back at, at, at you know, previous recessions, particularly the late 80s and the late noughties, you know, and, and, and for the, the, the periods that, that, that followed, now what we're in at the moment, it's nothing like that. I've got that. I understand that. But there are similarities, and the similarities is the uncertainty. Um, there's a lot of liquidity around at the moment, which we haven't had in the last two. Uh, and so what I see at the moment is people being a little bit um, probably optimistic. So we've had a number of sessions with you know, some reasonably um, high-level economists and various people and business people and people that work at a different level than we do and the range at the moment, and this is this is where we've got it. The range is from a twenty percent plus loss to a ten percent gain by the end of twenty one. Now wow. that's a thirty percent swing, and do you know what? One or two of them might be right, but none of them know which one's going to be right. So it's which one you know we're banking on. So it's a little bit what I said before. My own, I tell you what my own feeling, I'm not trying to dodge it, I'll tell you what my own feeling is at the moment, but at the moment we are doing sensitivity analysis on everything that's on our desk. We've got two projects on site, they're the more concerning ones. Um, so we're taking it almost back to the point where we make no money and generally once we get to a 20% or something fall in, in, in market values, that will generally mean there's no money left, you know, and, and obviously bring up issues of, of funding and all that sort of stuff. And, and but we're not going any higher than 95%. We cannot see under any circumstances, and, and, and I've, a few, I've had a few debates on this already, uh, and, and I hope that some of these positive guys are correct. It just doesn't make sense. They put up the argument, it's pent-up demand, Agreed. Got that. We had a marketing call last week. 
Uh, we've got another one tomorrow, in point of fact. You know, and we we'll want them guys to be positive because they're selling the houses. <laughs> want them to be positive, but we can't afford to be that positive. We're we're looking after money, our own money, funders' money, mm. et cetera, et cetera, investors' money. Um, so we have to be cautious. So, you know, so at the moment we're taking all of those and, and, and we're actually, you know, working the development spreadsheets, if you like, the, the forecast cash flows and all that sort of stuff, working on the basis of, up to a 20% or there's no money left in it. You know, what does that look like? Um, but to say, we're not going any higher. We can't see that there will, there's any way there will be less than a 5% fall. Now, the, the, the issue here is it's not how far it falls. It's how long it's falling for before it hits the bottom. So we've, we've, there's plenty of discussion around V-shaped recovery, tick recovery. So a tick, like a Nike tick, it's going to go down 5% and it's going to go up 15%, end up 10% higher than it is at the beginning of the year. Well, I, I personally, I think that's a deluded approach and, and a bit pointless thinking about it. You can't make business sound business decisions based on the fact that it might go up, you know, 10%, you know, um, because it doesn't make any it doesn't make any sense. So does that mean that those people are going to be paying for sites and agreeing purchases based on that ten percent? Ah, no. When you question them, no, 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 they're not doing that. So when they put out there that all oh, there's going to be a you know a, an increase, even Savills and Knight Frank, you know, in in the last I think we're about a month ago now, um, they're they're forecasting a bit of a drop in in, in 2020, um, and, and then it's going to almost I think three three four percent something like that drop in in 2020, and then pick back up during 2021. So at the end of 21, we're going to end up where we were at the beginning of 20. Well, I think that's the best case scenario, absolute best case scenario. Um, and so, as I say, where we're fitting and making our decisions at the moment, and we've pulled out some exchanges. Uh, we've got we've got one that's gone through or going through, but the deal structured in the right way. That's fine. Um, but pulled out a couple. Um, is we're going on. My feel is we're probably going to see a ten percent drop, and that you know that that's going to vary in where we are in the country. You know, yes, I don't think we'll see a drop in central London. I think that's just going to go. Uh, because of the because of the liquidity and, and not just a, a around in this country, but in certainly from a foreign perspective, foreign investors um, with the exchange rates as they are, it doesn't make sense that central London property is going to go down. We know quite a established um, uh, investor developer in in central London that's been buying all the way through the last few weeks. They've, they've mm. completed on and a number of commercial properties. Well, you know. If the location is right, that's going to be okay. But the, the 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 move that a lot of people were making for residential to commercial is quite interesting because I know people that are in commercial and being commercial for a lot of years have been over the last two years moving into residential because they saw the challenges with many types of commercial, not all. There's a couple of bubbles. Um, but they saw the challenges that were, were coming. And, and, and I've seen, say, quite a lot of people, and there's been a few courses and all that about, you know, oh, yeah, co- commercial is where it's at, and all oh, this is where the big money and no responsibility and that. Oh, I hope some of those people haven't gone too far down the line because the commercial market in most areas is just going to be chaotic. It's just mm-hmm. going to, we, we, you know, I've seen numbers at 30 35% down value in terms wow. of some commercial stuff. And some 
it's going to be a lot lower than that. We've got one on our desk at the moment that's going from a seven and a half million pound value because it had a house of Fraser in it many years ago or a couple of years ago before they sort of disappeared. Um, we've done a, a reasonably solid um, appraisal pre-COVID and it was at about 1.2. Now, that's wow. a heck of a lot of money to take off your book. <laughs> but anyway, that's, you know, that's the thing for another day. So our feel is that we're going to be 10%. It's not going to be a tick. I, I personally don't think it's going to be a, a V either. I think it's going to be more of a U. So we're going to go down. It's going to flatten out and it will be quite some time before it picks up. And one of the reasons that, that I'm I'm really saying that is what we have here is obviously, I hate the word now, I've got bored with unprecedented, but we do have unprecedented times. Um, but we've also still got very much pushed to the back is, is the uh, implications of, of Brexit. Now, that was already going to, whatever your politics are, that was already going to give us some financial challenges. And I think most sound people would agree on that or say whatever, whatever you voted is not the point. Um, but that is only going to compound the effect that, the, you know, all the emergency measures are. The saving grace for me is that it is far more of a worldwide spread of an issue than even, mm. you know, when we said, you know, the last recession was world. Yes, it was world, but it wasn't all of the world. You know, it was just a very, those of us that think we are the only bit of the world, Americans and a bit of Europe and a bit of that, you know, it wasn't really worldwide. So, you know, um, a little bit of Asia, to be fair. But um, so at the minute, my own feel is that, you know, I think we might sit a 5 to 10% drop off in value in some areas for some time and 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 you know we'd be happy with that i.e we'd be we'd be happier if it wasn't that but if it if it sits at that what we don't want to see is when it goes into double figures you know and and, and you know that's a scary place because so many people are gonna are gonna just lose everything you know and mm-hmm. and being a bit of a known to be quite a um uh, what we say? Well, in, in many circles, I'm, I'm known as a, a bit of a neghead or a lot of a neghead. I, I actually think I'm quite realistic uh, and I'm not super optimistic like some people are. Um, but, you know, I, 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 I think we're already, well, we've already got stuff on our desk of businesses that are going to go. We've got projects on our desk that the people that own the projects don't know they're going yet. Mm. Mm. You know, because the funders, wow. are pull, the funders are pulling them, investors, they're going to lose their money. Sometimes we've got a couple where the developers do know they're going, but the, the investors don't, you know, and, wow. and they're going to lose, they're going to lose lots and lots of money. And of course, the flip side to that is people that have been around a long time and people that are well positioned, not even if you've not been around a long time, there is massive opportunity. Massive opportunity only generally comes out of, out of uh, only comes when there's massive loss for somebody. Very rare is massive opportunity come from, oh, everybody's got it. It normally mm. costs somebody. And, and, and that is, you know, we're, we're, we're quite used to that. And we're quite, you know, and we're quite happy with a situation that um, we haven't caused the problem. You know, yeah. uh, um, so we will be where we can. We, we do a bit of project rescue. But normally people come to us too late. The, the the best time to ever come to us was always before you even before you even structure a deal, <laughs> because when we look at some of the projects that are in trouble now, and of course we have a m- wonderful excuse now, 
all the problems with our project that went wrong. And I'm sorry, investors who lost your money. It's all down to COVID-19. And, and in most cases, that's a load of nonsense. And yeah, right now, that will be a load of nonsense. It's fact that the, the, it was probably a dodgy deal in the first place, you know. Um, so, yeah, I, I, as I say, um, we're not expecting it to, to, to be very exciting over the next two years on the build out what you've already got, what you've already committed to, you know, uh, and, you know, and I do feel for a lot of those people that are going to suffer because you would as well, because you've been there in a different business, but you know what it feels yeah. like. Um, yeah. and, and, you know, and, and all I'd ever say, anybody ever listen, you know, anybody that listens to me, listens to, to this podcast is if you find yourself in that position, reach out and talk to somebody, you know, mm. I'll, I'll say right now, we rarely got the answers for you, but sometimes you just need somebody to listen and understand who's been through it. Yeah. You know, they understand yeah. the pain. People like yourself, people like me that can sort of say, look, guys, it seems really dark days at the moment. But, you know, with a, you know, with a little bit of a sort of, a, you know, a bit of a mindset thing and a, and a bit of, you know, a bit of encouragement, a bit of support, you will get through it. And and you will come again. You know, you, you, you've come again. You know, you, yeah. you, you, you've had your dark days, you know, and you, you've been quite open about that. And, and, you know, absolutely fair play, you know. You, you you know you have come again and and you're still having challenges but you know yeah life's about challenges isn't it mm. well richard all i can say is mate you've delivered some serious value there mate you had me fully engaged for the i think we've been on for an hour and 20 almost um I want to wrap it up there, but I do want to I do want to link with you again because I think there's so many topics we could talk about that are just so exciting but I want to finish the podcast off on something that I think you do, which is great, is your book here. And I call it your no bullshit book because <laughs> I've only just started reading it, but I want to sit down this weekend over a couple of cold beers and really just go through this. But you were kind enough to send me this copy for nothing. You know, all I did was reach out to you. And I think you've done that with a few people. So do you want to tell the listeners where they can get grab hold of this um, house building handbook that you and your son have put together? Yeah, if they join the house building business community on Facebook, they'll also get one for free. That's pretty much, I mean, yeah, you can go buy on Amazon if you like. Uh, and, and of the seven quid or whatever you pay, we get about 30p probably. We get a royalty check or whatever <laughs> it is every quarter. You know, we, we, we sell quite a few, but it was never done to, 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 to make money. It was more about getting some you know stuff out there and i think it's quite a good thing it's the no bullshit if it had bullshit in it it'd be a lot thicker it is a small book <laughs> you know I, I, yeah let's be honest most people don't need to know my stories they just need to look at the uh, uh, the book and sort of say it's a two-hour read i'm reliably informed by many people so yeah we, yeah. we sent out um i said well actually we're waiting for envelopes at the moment so there is a few people waiting we will have sent out over a hundred in the last two weeks um, just from we, we've started a what we call a hundred in a hundred on a, on our community Facebook thing, so it's effectively hundred hundred pieces of information if you like over a hundred days. So it's between ten and twenty twenty five thirty minute sessions every day, um, where yeah anybody that can put up with listening to me or with some Bryn or both of us sometimes there there are some gems in there. Um, but yeah, the, the the book is just the fundamentals. You know, if if people that read the book, if if they don't know that, all of that stuff in that book, they're going to struggle. 
you know, and as I say, it's a two-hour read, you know, and yes, there's a heck of a lot more you need to know, but hopefully that book will put a few people off because even that book will will, will sort of, oh, I didn't know it was this involved, you know. <laughs> ultimately, you didn't build your last business and the business that you're building now, you didn't build it without hard work. Yeah. And the bottom line to any successful business is a successful, sustainable business anyway, is hard work. It's hard graft. All these successful people that we sometimes look up to, you know, there ain't many of them that are sitting on the beach, you know, not doing any work because it's, it's that they just love the business or they love business and, and they stay involved, you know, and it, it's like, you know, I don't know. I I do I don't do any travelling, obviously, at the moment. You know, and we've normally been be in Spain, you know, for, for a lot lot part of the year. But um, you know, I, I I don't know. I'm probably down to between eight and fourteen hours a day at the moment in terms of you know calls and different things mm-hmm. and stuff like that. So I'm now being more productive than I was before because I'm spending less time travelling. You know, mm-hmm. and 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 people sort of say, well, you know. Don't you want to take some time off? I, I enjoy what I do. I take a bit of time off, you know, but it's not a lot because you know I don't play golf and I don't drive fast cars and I don't do whatever else, you know. Uh, and it's what I enjoy, you know. Brent Brim will tell you or anybody if I want to do something for a change to switch off, I just work on a different project. Wow. And, I, and I, I genuinely will do. And it's like, yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to when we finish this. I've, I've got uh, I've got a spreadsheet to sort of get stuck into, you know, and I, I love myself a good spreadsheet. But, uh, mm. you know, fortunately, I normally get other people to build them and I just sort of read them, you know. So, you know, but yeah, I mean, anybody that joins the community, again, we're not selling anything in that community. There's too much out there of people selling stuff, whether it's mentorships or education. And there's some decent people out there, don't get me wrong. Um, but you know, I, I, I don't. We don't need to earn out of it. So mm-hmm. it's a little bit of a give back, if you like. And you know, if I'm being honest, I, I quite, I quite like it. It's quite a nice feeling. You know, whether you ever find out whether it done anybody any good or not, does it really matter? You sort of think if you're putting out stuff that's real. Some people just think that you know, oh no, you don't listen to them because they'll stop you doing everything. Well, actually, that's not really true. But if they want to think that, then they're never going to work with us anyway. <laughs> you know. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, it's, it's if you can, you know. I think uh, I, I think there's quite a lot of people that sort of say, and I, I, I get this: is if you give enough, you will receive. Uh, you know, and, and I'm, I think you get that, and 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 I've seen that quite a lot over the last few years, and I'm seeing it particularly at the moment. Fantastic time at the moment to be giving. Yeah, don't don't even be thinking about receiving at the moment because you know one day you know we'll we'll, we'll all we'll all benefit from some of the stuff that's going on at the moment. We hope. Um, so it's all about giving now. You know, all about giving. And. I think on that note, Richard, that's a perfect note to finish this podcast off on. And I want to thank you once again for agreeing to come on and be my guest. It's been an absolute pleasure. I've really, really enjoyed it. I've been fully, fully engaged. I can't wait to get this episode edited and put up there because I think people are going to take a lot of information away from this. And it's all about value. So once again, Richard, thank you very much for being on the J2 Hub podcast. And I look forward to catching up with you very, very soon. Been a pleasure, James. Thank you. Thanks for tuning in to the J2 Hub podcast with James Sahota. If you like the podcast, 
feel free to subscribe so you never miss another podcast from James. And if you got value from this podcast, do take the time to leave us a review on iTunes or wherever else you consume your podcast content from. And remember, you're never too late to become something you truly want to become.